Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the show, lots of news around the Seahawks offensive coordinator search, but none of it involves them actually hiring someone. I'll give you that update. Where does it stand now? Who's still involved? Who's in? Who's out? Why have they waited so long? And did they make a mistake by waiting this long? I'll uh, give you my thoughts on that, as well as some mystery candidates and maybe a reason they're waiting and some names that we haven't heard yet. That's coming up next on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the support. Lots of growth on the channel lately. If you want to get in on that, hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, if you prefer audio episodes, you can listen on any platform. It's ad-free on Spotify, though, with a subscription of less than a dollar a month. Uh, Three new subscribers last week. Hello to you guys. Welcome to the show. And if you just want to buy me a coffee or a beer, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com. I'll put all those links in the description. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever as well. Let's get into this. There is news today. I I was worried that as I was unpacking boxes, moving stuff around, I'd miss out on the big news. Still haven't, although it's conceivable that it could happen in the next half hour while I record this. Um, But we did get some clarity uh, potentially on two candidates that were heavily attached to the Seahawks offensive coordinator position now a week into Mike McDonald's tenure as head coach. Uh, First of all, Mike Kafka was promoted to assistant head coach. They added that to his title in New York with the Giants. That makes it so that teams cannot hire him to be just their offensive coordinator. Seahawks had requested an interview for that, even though they had already interviewed him twice in the head coaching search. And the Giants blocked it. Um, You wonder if today's news might indicate that the Seahawks tried to fight back a little bit because there's some question there as to whether Kafka had sole play calling duties, which is one of the loopholes you can get around when trying to hire a guy to be your offensive coordinator. Uh, But Mike Kafka is out. He has been promoted. That's been announced. He has that title now in New York. He cannot be interviewed for a coordinator job. Ryan Grubb would appear to be mostly out. The, The leader in the clubhouse as it was said a week ago, um, where most of the smoke around this OC search is headed towards Ryan Grubb. 
and for a lot of intriguing reasons. One of which is that we were hearing nothing from him or the University of Alabama or Kalen DeBoer, nobody. That Grubb hadn't changed anything on his social media, hadn't indicated in any way that he was at Alabama, reportedly hadn't even signed a contract there yet. And even people from the Alabama side, um, some podcasters and people that are close to the program were saying that he had had multiple interviews with the Seahawks. And yet today on National Signing Day for college football, he stood there behind the podium in Tuscaloosa, introduced himself and said, I am your offensive coordinator. Could he still take the job in Seattle? Sure. We've seen other egregious acts by coaches promising one city, one thing, one day, and then sneaking off in the middle of the night to fly to his new city. And yes, I'm looking at you, Dennis Erickson. Uh, But that would seem unlikely now, especially with everything going on in Alabama and, and how nervous some people are there about the change and how many players they've lost in the transfer portal and, uh, some real questions around that that program. You'd think that they would want to clarify a lot of that and uh, button a lot of that up. So as of today, I'm assuming Ryan Grubb is out as a candidate for offensive coordinator. And then there were the reports last night that Chip Kelly was interviewing with Seattle. And this one, you talk about polarizing. I mean, this was one that had Twitter on fire last night. You know, Kelly's reputation is um, very hit and miss among the fan base. He, in his first head coaching stint, when he came to the NFL, took over the Eagles, uh, was accused of being a, you know, running things in a dictator type manner. Uh, The players didn't really love playing for him. And then his one year stint in San Francisco was a disaster, although you can look at the rosters there and that was a tough one to, to succeed in. I think, you know, perception doesn't always match reality. And and in fact, there've been a couple of reports um, in the last couple of days that the NFL and the decision makers in the NFL think much more highly of Chip Kelly than fans do. That Chip Kelly has been known for a long time. He's one of the sharpest, brightest offensive minds out there, an innovator. But I think that's part of the problem that, that fans remember the no huddle in Philadelphia, which which the players came to hate because it they felt like it put them at risk of injury and it wore them out late in games. That fans remember the read option stuff, you know, that which at the time was kind of gimmicky, but it worked. And the league has figured that out now, and that's not a big part anymore of NFL offenses. But from everything that I read, and Corbin Smith, friend of the show, all Seahawks, locked on Seahawks, has been at the forefront the last couple of weeks when Kelly's name first started to surface, not in Seattle necessarily, but around the league, as someone that might make some sense. And and he looked a little deeper into it, that Kelly has evolved in how he schemes an offense and how he calls a game now. And certainly he favors running the football, which would seem to be a match for Mike McDonald and what he wants to do. So Kelly's still out there. We still haven't heard. It's kind of been crickets around Tanner Engstrand, the passing game coordinator in Detroit. 
And here's my thoughts on, on Kelly and Engstrand. If either of those guys blew the Seahawks away, then why wouldn't they hire him? They got to get this done. Why wouldn't they just hire them? A couple of potential reasons. First of all, the Seahawks do have to comply with the Rooney rule when it comes to coordinators. Now, it's not quite as restrictive as it is for head coaches. You don't have to interview candidates in person, but you do have to interview two minority candidates for coordinator positions. There have yet to be any reported interviews with any minority candidates. Now, there are some dots that we can connect. T. Martin, longtime quarterback coach with the Baltimore Ravens, before that did a seven-year stint at USC, including uh, four or five years there, I believe, as his offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator play caller under Clay Helton. So he has that experience. Worked with McDonald in Baltimore. Is Eric Bieniemy in the mix, or at least being interviewed under those circumstances? Dan Quinn chose not to retain him. The shine has worn off of him as far as a head coaching candidate. Clearly, there's something about him that doesn't appeal to owners and, and GMs as a head coaching candidate. Mixed results in Washington last year. In his first year, out from under the shadow of Andy Reid, calling plays on his own in Washington. But if anyone's going to get intel on Biennemi, John Schneider and his reverence for and his relationship with Andy Reid, he's going to get that. So could he be in the mix? Could someone like Byron Leftwich, who didn't coach last year, but five years as OC in Tampa Bay before that, you know, groomed under Bruce Arians, was once thought to be a potential successor to Arians in Tampa? I don't think so. Because I think the Seahawks are going to go one way or the other. I don't think they're going to go with the middle ground. I think they're going to go with someone experienced, a veteran who's been there, done that. It's a little disappointing that Frank Reich isn't involved, at least that we know in this search. I think he might be an ideal type candidate. Uh, but the word was after he was let go in Carolina that maybe he's leaning towards retirement. Um, or they're going to go with the up-and-comer and the first-timer and be progressive and forward-thinking, much in the same way they were in hiring McDonald in the first place. And McDonald himself said at his introductory press conference, play calling experience, not necessary. We want someone that we think has the right idea. Andy Dickerson's another one that I thought and mentioned on the show might make some sense. I thought the Seahawks might try to retain him as their offensive line coach and maybe even run game coordinator. Maybe consider him for offensive coordinator. He was just hired, though, in Cleveland as our offensive line coach today. He had uh, previously interviewed with them for their OC spot and also interviewed in Cincinnati for that. So that may be holding this up a little bit. And then there's just the simple fact that we saw how diligent and meticulous John was and patient in his head coaching search. And at the end of the day, I think 31 teams have hired their offensive coordinator now. I don't think anyone else is out there looking. Seahawks stand alone, much in the same way, although 
It was one of two because they had the commanders out there as well for their head coach. They don't have to rush this now. I mean, they do. And I get why everyone's nervous. Because Combine's coming up. The draft isn't too much farther behind that. And Geno Smith has his $12.7 million base salary guaranteed on February 16th. So wouldn't it stand to reason that you'd want a coordinator in place and and get their sign-off and their buy-in on on whether or not they could work with Gina. It's it's frustrating for us as fans because we want answers now. If we know who the offensive coordinator is, we can we can do our mock drafts and and kind of have an idea what they might be looking for, right? We might get an idea how they're going to use our personnel. It might give us a clue as to what they're going to do at quarterback. It's frustrating. I feel it. I feel it, man. And I know a lot of you do too. So where do where is this thing headed? And and I wanted to focus today on maybe some names we haven't heard yet. Because one of the ideas is that maybe they're waiting for someone who's still playing. And at first I dismissed that because I just didn't, off the top of my head, I didn't think there was anyone obvious that made sense on either staff. Because Clint Kubiak, to me, from the 49ers, was that guy, and he's already been hired. He's going to the Saints after the Super Bowl. Uh, they were able to get that done within the, the proper framework and, and get him hired. So I wanted to dig into the coaching staffs on those two teams. Maybe there's someone I'm missing. And I found a couple. Now let's start with the Chiefs because this one's easy. It's kind of remarkable when you think about what, what McVay has done with the Rams and how every single year teams are poaching or trying to poach his staff and how many guys he has layered that his tight end coach was getting offensive coordinator interviews this year. His quarterback coach, Zach Robinson, got hired by Atlanta. His offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, probably would have been in high demand, but McVay did something really sly at the end of the year and let him call plays, and that may have made it easier for them to block interview requests. And yet you look at some of these coaching staffs, Baltimore being one of them, and they're unfortunately under Todd Munkin, there just aren't a lot of obvious options, unless you consider T. Martin one of those. So when you look at the Chiefs, one stands out above the rest, and I had forgotten that he had gone back to Kansas City, and that's Matt Nagy. Seven years now total in Kansas City, interrupted by a three-year stint as head coach of the Chicago Bears, but then he went back, and he has the offensive coordinator title. And I thought, you know, a lot of, again, polarizing, as most coordinators are, unless you're one of the select few that are just hands down considered universally to be one of the great ones. And most of those guys actually are head coaches too. But there are some who, I mean, Matt Nagy got a head coaching job for a reason. He came up under Andy Reid and he was considered one of those guys. And didn't work out in Chicago. He's back in Kansas City. But he calls plays. Maybe not all the time. 
but he started the season calling plays. And as late as December, he was calling plays in some games, maybe not all the time. But unless his contract's up and that stuff that we don't always have privy to, it's not like the players. It doesn't have to be disclosed. If anyone out there knows Nagy's contract status, put it down in the comments. Maybe his deal's up at the end of this year and he can walk after the Super Bowl. And maybe that's a guy, a guy that has some appeal to John Schneider and Mike McDonald. Otherwise, on that staff, I mean, David Girardi's been their quarterback coach for six seasons. No buzz, no OC interviews. I wouldn't consider that. Then you look at the 49ers, and there's two interesting names here. Um, one's a little sexier than the other. The unsexy one is Chris Forster. Been with them a long time. Offensive line coach, recently added run game coordinator title to his to his resume. That's what Mike McDaniel was in San Francisco before he went elsewhere. Uh, Mike LaFleur was a passing game coordinator there, and Mike McDaniel was a run game coordinator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And that Shanahan scheme obviously is something that every team wants to tap into now. They certainly run the football well, right? Could he be a guy that they want to look at? You know, McDonald says they want to be explosive on offense, but they want to be physical and run the football too. Could he be a name? And then there's Brian Fleury, tight end coach. He's worked on both sides of the ball. This is interesting. He's been in San Francisco five years now. He spent a year as a defensive quality control assistant. Then he switched back over to the offensive side of the ball. Spent one year each as a quality control assistant on each side of the ball. And now he's the tight end coach there. He did get an offensive coordinator interview with the Patriots this offseason. And so that's a guy whose reputation is out there and might, might be worth looking at. Could could Schneider, knowing that he doesn't have any competition now for these OC jobs, just be willing to wait because he wants to talk to one of these guys? Uh, and then there's a name. I put this out on Twitter today. And uh, again, I, I use the word polarizing. Um, Brian Schottenheimer. Dan Quinn elected to go with Cliff Kingsbury in Washington as his OC. Schottenheimer, OC in name and title in Dallas, but does not call plays. Mike McCarthy does. And so that would make him vulnerable to being poached. 
certainly fans are going to have feelings about his first stint in Seattle with Russell Wilson here. But he's a guy that likes to run the ball, has had success running the football, and now coordinates, even though he doesn't call the plays on game day, one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. And even though Mike McCarthy is a play caller there, that offense doesn't look exactly the same as when McCarthy was in Green Bay. That offense has evolved. It seems much more dynamic. Uses all their weapons well. Gets the most out of C.D. Lamb. Made a star out of Jake Ferguson this year. It's, um, it's something worth considering. Um, however, that is one that there's nothing stopping the Seahawks from interviewing him. He's under contract, so they'd have to request an interview, and that would probably be reported. And so there isn't likely to be anything happening there. However, I'll just end on this. John Schneider, we know, is one of the best in the league at keeping things quiet. It is an admirable quality, but it is really frustrating. <laughs> Uh, if we get a decision in the next uh, couple of days, I'll hop on and react to that. Certainly. Follow me uh, on Twitter, always at Seahawks Forever, so you know anything I'm doing. I always post links to the shows on there. And uh, that's probably the second best way to stay abreast of the show other than just subscribing to the damn thing right here on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for the support, the views, the listens, and the growth of the channel. Uh, over the last couple of months. I really appreciate it. I love doing this, and um, I love that some of you really enjoy it as well. And I really like the interaction, so give me your thoughts in the comments. How nervous are you? Scale of 1 to 10, are you panicking? The fact they don't have an OC in place? Um, is there somebody I did not mention today that you think would or should be a candidate? Until then, forever and always, go Hawks. Thanks for watching. <laughs>